Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Pulp Podcast. Uh, this is a commission, a commission by Becky. Uh, she wanted us to review the Karate Kid Part 3, 1989's karate action family film. It uh, stars Ra- Ralph Macchio, who was 27, playing a 17-year-old. Convin- convincingly, it must be said. Yeah, yeah, shockingly so. Uh, he's still working today. He's you can see him on YouTube and Cobra Kai. He also played Officer Haddix in The Deuce on HBO. Uh, it also stars Pat Morita, who is Arnold in Happy Days. He's also the voice of the Emperor of China in all the Milan uh, animated films. Hmm. Martin Cove, who was a part of Rambo: First Blood Part Two, uh, he also recently appeared uh, in a bit role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was one of the uh, the players on Bounty Law. Uh, Thomas Ian Griffith, uh, <laughs> is a poor man's Green Ranger, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he has appeared essentially this. He's a bit player in a bunch of different things. I, I guess he was a background extra in Triple X, the Vin Diesel movie. <laughs> okay, uh, that and sounds he also, about right. He also reprises his role here in later seasons of Cobra Kai. Mm. Uh, and then Sean uh, Kanan. Or Kanan, who plays the bad boy of karate, Mike, in this film, uh, would later find fame as a soap opera star. General Hospital, Days of Our Lives. I guess he burnt. He he was burning it up over there. Uh, okay. And Robin Lively, uh, who also played Doogie Howser's girlfriend occasionally on Doogie Howser. She was also in Twin Peaks, and uh, she is Daniel Russo's. Kind of, sort of, not really girlfriend in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear the story behind that? Uh-huh. It makes sense, but also... Let's talk about somebody it. else if you want. Yeah. If, if, you're going to rewrite a whole movie based on the casting. I guess she was that good in her audition. Yeah, they've got this uh, real-life 16-year-old girl playing a 16-year-old girl, and they're like, you know, can we have a 27-year-old making out with this this girl? Ah, not really. Mm-hmm. So make him have a meet cute, but <laughs> but in the very next scene, shit, you'll have his asshole honking in the background and yo Jessica, ha ha Jessica. And the scene after that, she'll explain that she's reunited with her boyfriend and that she couldn't, in good conscience, date Daniel, but they could be friends. Mm-hmm. What what an awesome rewrite to make that just super cool <laughs> and not awkward, but. None, none of it felt right in the movie, and I was wondering why. And then I read, oh, they had to change it last minute because of her casting. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes I just, sense. I, I guess it does make sense, but like, you just need to, you, you just can't cast a sixteen-year-old girl. Then mm-hmm. cast mm-hmm. a twenty-five-year-old Ralph Macchio type and let it go that way, or or take it out. I, I kept on thinking, what if they took it out of the movie and like, I don't know, like showed more of. Uh, Daniel Sun and uh, Miyagi trying to sell trees. All right. Yeah. I, I could have used 15, 20 minutes of them just like trying to sell trees in the little tree shop. In the, and... in the ghetto bonsai shop. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like what the customers <laughs> the are like. The favela that they were staying in. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I could have used a little bit more background of Mr. Miyagi's little trees. Get Jessica out of there if you're skeeved out by her and Ralph Macchio. Which fair point. Um... What did you uh, so yeah, we just jumped right in at both feet. Uh, what did you mm. think of this film? Have you seen it before? 
I think you and I saw it together for the first time. I'm almost certain that's true. I don't remember. So, so I remembered it as I was watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy and that guy and this scene. And the bonsai uh-huh. spelunking. <laughs> oh, my God. that the, the bonsai stuff in this movie is bonkers. Bonkers. It has no business being on screen because it's so wrong. Uh, That's the thing. It's like, I know a little bit about bonsai, and I think it's ridiculous. You've actually studied the art a bit. So, a little bit. I watch a lot of YouTube videos of people doing bonsai yeah. stuff, which is yeah. very cool, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, this movie gets it all wrong. Can't sneak any bad bonsai by you. No. Nope. Uh, but yeah, there's some ludicrous <laughs> shit in here. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, it, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, certainly. Um, it, the biggest sin I think it commits, well, so the actors really go over the top. They're, they're just... They're not great actors, and then they are asked to. I, I don't know if the director was like behind the camera saying bigger, more. I want, I want to, you know, I this is the world ending for your character, or like this is, this means more than anything's ever meant to you. Because man, Terry, <laughs> Terry's just like hell bent on vengeance for his friend, um, in a way that's silly. But I. I mean, it, it's a rehash. The biggest sin of this movie is it's a rehash of both of the other two movies to mm. to date, right? Yeah. It, it it adds nothing to the Karate Kid legacy for me. Yeah, I I feel like I want to bust, uh, do a fake hot take here where I'm like, actually, the second Karate Kid is the best in this, the, the sequel, or <laughs> is the best in the trilogy, <laughs> and the third one provides a set. No, no, I'm not going to... So I don't remember number two. I can't... I couldn't say for sure if I've ever seen it because it happens in Japan. Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I think we did. And I, I, my, and again, I haven't seen it since you and I watched it, and that had to be 12, 13 years ago. I don't know why we got Mm -hmm. in a Karate Kid kick, but we did. It's probably action movie, 80s action. 80s action, yeah, yeah, nostalgia. Um, But I just remember it being bad in a boring way. This movie is bad, but it's very very entertaining. And all the flaws you're mentioning, like the actors going too broad and stuff, if they didn't, this would be dreadful. Oh, yeah, it'd be super boring. But you've got this, uh, this, this, this guy, if he had a pig snout, he would be a Captain Planet villain. Like mm-hmm. he is bragging about how he's dumping nuclear waste and being indicted for it. And he's screwing over people and violating contracts while he's smoking a cigar in in a bathtub when he's not wearing a silk kimono. And he's got like I said, he's he's the fucking he's a fucking evil Green Ranger. He's giant Green Ranger, you know, the, 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 yeah. the greasy hair. The the gross ponytail. Well, he's the, like an sh- amalgam of every '80s bad guy. I'm thinking like Scarface when he's sitting in that tub smoking his cigars. I'm thinking Scarface. He's doing these business deals with this toxic sludge. I'm thinking Michael Douglas of Wall Street. Um, he's he's the karate master, right? Like he's coming in there being boy. Who's a bad guy? Karate. Uh, student from that era. Most of the karate guys were good guys. Um, right. But yeah, he's he's like an amalgam of every 80s bad guy. They wanted to make him so bad, you just had to hate him. Yeah, he's just he's he's just gross. But he's also like very... It, the concept is entertaining. Again, this isn't a good film, but it's hilarious. It's entertaining. The idea that you have this billionaire mogul who, because he's 
his Vietnam era buddy saved his life, he's going to take the next month or two off of his life to just devote it to destroying a 17 year old boy Mm -hmm. and his late sixties karate, gentle karate instructor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to kind of like colonize the whole Valley in the name of Cobra Kai. Like he's got this, like it's, it's, it's demented, but it's very hilarious to watch. Yeah. I I was going to say like, so earlier when I said it adds nothing to the legacy, I I think this movie is just such a repeat of the first two that you don't need it. But what yeah. it does do is it sets up everything that they now are doing in Cobra Kai, I guess. I haven't seen Cobra Kai, but this is kind of the genesis of all of that. And so it, it, it does add something to the legacy in retrospect, I guess. Is the plot of Cobra Kai that Daniel Russo lives in a dystopian future where just literally everything is Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai coffee, Cobra Kai burgers? I assume so, yeah. And he has to just, he has to open up a crane kick studio and, and take the valley back. It, it's like Blade Runner, except Waylon Yutani is Cobra Kai. Yeah. He's got it. He's, he's waging a one man battle, strip mall by strip mall. He's mm-hmm. going to take back the valley. <laughs> yep. Him and the ghost of Pat Morita. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Powering him, fueling him, powering him up. Does Pat Mar- Marita escape this movie with his dignity intact? I think so. I think so too. Yeah. I thought he was actually pretty good. He shed a few tears. I, he got nominated for a Razzie for this. Dude, I, th- I feel like that's unfair. I was pissed. The, see, these Razzie people, unlike the Baldies people, they have no class. Uh, they they bully an old man who's mm-hmm. doing his best in a bad movie. That's not what the Razzie's for. The Razzie, yeah. you should be, you know, Pat. Pat's bringing things to the table, right? You, mm-hmm. you should, you should save the Razzie's for the people that are stealing the silverware. You know, like the the the, the they're taking things away from the movie, making it not making it worse. And I mean, can you imagine this movie if they couldn't get him to come back? Like, there's no, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, you couldn't make this movie without him back. He's essentially Daniel's dad at this point. Mm-hmm. And and, and mom, and, like and I don't mom. know, his mom's sidelined this entire movie with a sick uncle. We've got uncle of emphysema. We got Ooh, a oh my god, talk about chewing the scenery. That guy, yeah, he's dying, man. He's got. I think he he had <laughs> he, he went through a time portal and got COVID. Like <laughs> like like the yeah. early stages, you know, the early stages. Uh, yeah, yeah, when there was no vaccine. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's dying, and he's gonna let everybody know it. Yeah. And I love his mom's lines like, well, you know, a seven year old man with emphysema, who knows what could happen? It's like, yeah, who knows it's no what joke. could happen? It's no joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was very entertained by this movie. I have a lot of observations to make, as I'm sure you do, too. Uh, should we should we get to the uh, commissioner's thoughts before we get uh, too yeah. much further? Sure. Uh, Becky says, my husband is a big bald move fan and listens to nearly everything you put out. So I purchased this commission as a birthday present for him. Happy birthday, Norm. Happy birthday, Norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope this is sometime around your birthday or if not, you know, uh, you, you appreciate it as such. Karate Kid 3 was the choice because we're big fans of Cobra Kai over on Netflix and I've been binging one of the seasons. So we decided to do a rewatch of the classic movies as it had been almost two decades since we'd seen them. Part three is one of the more obscure sequels and the most over the top in terms of suspension of disbelief, which made it a lot of fun to watch together as we laughed over ridiculous scenarios like Daniel's seeming disappointment that Mr. Miyagi didn't just kill Kreese in a crowded parking lot. Uh, We also enjoyed the exaggerated scum bagginess 
of Terry Silver. Becky, did your mother teach you that? <laughs> so he's using swear words like scumbag. Um, the mo- the writers somehow took the stereotypical greedy, soulless 80s businessman character seen in a lot of movies at the time and made him out 10 times worse. I mean, dictating letters to your secretary, discussing jury tampering and bribes all in a hot tub smoking a cigar, making deals with hired henchmen, destroy the life of a teenager and an elderly man over karate. Totally normal behavior, right? I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Everyone needs a hobby, right? Uh, Anyway, we're in no shape or form think that this is a good movie, but it's one of those who couldn't help but be entertained uh, by its complete and total ridiculousness over a high school karate vendetta. We're very much looking forward to you and Jim's thoughts, no matter the outcome. Uh, Finally, I do want to apologize. I think the version we watched uh, that prompted this request was a clean version because we did not hear any of the racial slurs directed at Mr. Miyagi until our recent rewatch. Very, very cringe. Agreed. I think that's been in mm-hmm. it since the first movie, though. I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, is it was it Crease? Yeah, mm-hmm. the John Crease. Pretty sure he was doing that. Uh, that that that. You know, he's a Vietnam vet. He's doing that slur shit from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, P.S. If you could also throw in a True Blood Arlene's, I got kids somewhere. I would love that as well. It's a regular quote at our house. That's a uh, that's a True Blood meme, Jim. Yeah. I guess if, so. If you have children <laughs> and you want people to think about them, you say, what about them kids? Uh, hmm. Let's continue our discussion of the Karate Kid Part 3. Do we I, I don't do we need a, a breakdown for people that haven't seen it? Uh, sure. It's it's Karate Kid Part 1, which everybody with, has with seen. With a dash of mystical healing from Karate Kid Part 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some serious foot patter. Yeah, it's it's lesser in every way, down to the musical choices, down to the the fake girlfriend. It's just, but yep. again, it is uh, it, it it's worth a watch, especially if you had any affection for this franchise as a kid, like to revisit it. It's it's pretty fun. Uh, what did you think about the decision to start this with a Rocky a Rocky two style oh five minute montage that recaps the entire first movie? and parts of two it's it so so the the thing i love about these movies let's let's Mm -hmm. say this first off like the positive they are mercifully abrupt in their endings daniel wins the tournament freeze frame the movie's over boom yeah there there is no dating mother there's none of that bullshit you don't have to worry about jessica in this movie because she she bones out before the third act begins and they were never uh, an item anyway so they'll always just be friends uh this recaps Karate Kid Part One, uh, where it shows like the buildup. It starts way back at the buildup to the tournament, and then it's and then it shows the tournament and the conclusion of Daniel winning, and then it goes out to the parking lot, which I take it as part of two from my my research on this movie, uh, where he forces. It just says a Fat Marita gets in a fight with Crease, who punches through multiple car windows bloodying his knuckles that isn't two so that so they don't have a uh-huh. day on one it just no it's, just, it it's like oh, okay okay yeah this whole parking lot fight is in two and so then they, the, the, the slurs begin in part two oh then. i was i was actually, mistaken i might i might be wrong about that because the nose honking comes back in part two and the nose honking happens in the parking lot so yeah okay. actually, actually that's so, right that's, that's right that was pretty iconic yeah um, yeah yeah uh okay so karate kid part two isn't in here never mind 
Um, but that's the thing. It's like, I know a lot of people we've been saying is like, man, you got these movies like the Marvel movies and the DC movies, and they got all this like complex, uh, uh, continuity and everything. It's like, man, we, I wish we had the a recap before <laughs> uh-huh. the movie sometimes. Well, this is the cautionary tale because mm-hmm. you have to sit through a shitty retelling of the entire first movie before you get to the new stuff. And boy, on rewatches, it's really painful. It's um, fine though. I, I I could use it. Like it's been a while since I've seen the Karate Kid. Yeah. yeah. So remembering that stuff is is not bad. Um, and then you just see John Kreese's life. I I don't know how your life goes downhill so fast after a loss at a karate tournament. Apparently, every student was like, Dude. "Well, I guess he's bullshit." I'm yeah. canceling my my classes. I'm moving over to to where because Mr. Miyagi doesn't teach, right? Like right. he only teaches one student. There's nowhere else for them to actually go. True. Karate is a lie. <laughs> I yeah, I don't understand where all his students went. They just quit karate the altogether. No mirth, the, I mean, I the, 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 uh, like a, a five foot tall old man honked your sensei's nose. That's hard to that's hard to recover mm-hmm. from if you're especially if you're a ballsy testosterone-y, uh karate type studio. So like, but it is like because because they end the montage of Pat me uh, of uh, Mr. Miyagi saying Danielson. Living is even a worse punishment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when when you're a sack of shit like this, living without honor. And it, like it echoes that that voice literally echoes as you uh-huh. see John Kreese disheveled going into his dark karate studio. <laughs> He's, he starts listening to his voicemails and the banker that it's I just love the exposition because like the bank collection guys like. Mr. Kreese, I understand that since you lost a tournament and were disgraced, you've lost all of your students and everyone thinks you're lame now. But you still, sir, are three months behind in your rent that we're going to have to evict. Beep. Uh, this yeah. is AT&T. You haven't paid your phone bill in six months. <laughs> and he's just like, he's not he's not drinking, but you kind of imply it, it, mm-hmm. it, it. You kind of understand that he is not sober. And he's just, yeah. I thought he was Dan- homeless. I, I thought he was like truly destitute he's living in the studio for sure right i don't know if he's technically homeless but he's he's squatting in his own studio Mm -hmm. and uh i just yeah daniel russo's crane kick destroyed this man's (laughs) life and it's a pretty bad crane kick too like (laughs) the kick itself is fine but it shouldn't have contacted anything yeah just hit the air he lands on his other foot falls to the ground and loses also, like, the older I get, the funnier that gets. Like, you know, it's like, oh, he was on the one foot and then he hops to the other. It's like, man, that's such it's it's such a huge, te- hugely telegraphed blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blonde guy walks right into it. Yep. Uh, and, and it's a strike to the face, which is illegal. True. Illegal contact. So, like, it was Daniel using the, oh, he fucking ran in his face right into mm-hmm. my foot. Uh, yeah. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> hey, what do you want me to do? Huh? The guy he hit my foot. God, Ralph Macchio's performance. So I have I have two bones to pick with the Ralph Macchio. A, the way he pronounces his name. Did you, oh, it, I was gonna say something mean. I can't. It's it, it, if he's Italian, that should be Ralph Macchio, which ah. I, I can't I can't help but see the double C, the H. I don't know. Maybe, maybe our, Macchio is the way you say that. I could be wrong. Our genuine like, Italian gentleman, Mr. Jones, has uh, <laughs> sure. got, got a bone to pick with Macchio here. The bigger bone to pick is his acting. I, <laughs> the guy just won't stop. He's like... He, if, he's like Michael J. Fox times 10. 
Like he just won't stop moving. He won't stop talking. He won't stop anything. He's constant throughout this movie and it kills me. Hey, oh, macaroni and cheese. Hey, you know what I like. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm so stupid. I never should have done that. You know, what was I thinking? I shouldn't have done it. Mm, huh, huh, yeah. Oh, man, I should have done that. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's, it's that for an hour and a half, two hours of this movie is him just constantly bebopping back and forth on one foot to the other and just talking nonstop. Yeah, you know how, like, I feel like, um, oh, God, who's the guy in Mr. Robot? Um, and the to pump up the volume. Homeless puncher? Oh, Christian Slater. Christian Slater saw, like, Jack Nicholson's performance and is like, uh-huh. man, that's who I want to be. I feel like uh, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf <laughs> saw Ralph Macchio. Watched Ralph Macchio in a karate kid, and he's like, oh, my God, that this is mm-hmm. acting. This is acting. Do not think ever... Do not let your brain process lines of dialogue. Just blurt as much shit. At- Ralph Macchio mm-hmm. said the word macaroni and cheese <laughs> 17 times in 30 seconds. Yeah, I swear to God. And I couldn't agree yeah. more. I couldn't agree it, more. There's no way you could. You can't write this dialogue, right? This is the opposite of Star Wars. It's you can say this dialogue, but you sure can't write it because yeah. you wouldn't write it like this. You just yeah. let Ralph Macchio do his thing on screen. And I don't. I don't know. I guess it works, but it's also be- really annoying. I can't annoying. believe this guy's 27 years old, though. He doesn't look 27. Yeah. No, he convincingly plays a 17-year-old. And it's funny because, like, you know, he in the first movie, he was, like, rail thin. And this movie, it's like, you know, clearly he'd spent four years drinking drinking Natty Light on his Karate Kid 1 and 2 paycheck. And they're <laughs> okay. like, well, fuck, you want me to get in the gi again? Shit. Um, uh-huh. How many like, weeks? Oh, God. But he, like, like his face hasn't aged a day. It's mm-hmm. it's insane. Um, yeah, him, him and the the legitimately sixteen year old Robin Lively are not that far apart in terms of looks. No, uh, like for if, their ages. if they if they did fucking make out in the movie, nobody would be like, "Oh, this feels uncomfortable." Uh, they, right, they might right. upon learning the age gap, but like, yeah, um, it's 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 wild how and he's kind of like. Now that he's like sixty, he looks like a he, he looks like a man in his early forties. Uh huh. You know, um, it's 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 wild the baby face he's got. And he seems to I I don't know if he is just acting in this movie, and they told him to act like some hyperactive Jersey kid who can't shut up, uh, or what. But I actually think he's grown significantly as an actor over mm-hmm. those years. I like that we have Happy Gilmore's grandma in this film with a bit role. Like, yeah. uh, the, the what, one thing that sets up the action is like, well, uh, we got to get uh, Mr. Miyagi out of the maintenance shack of the apartment complex. So, what it, did it burn? Did it catch on fire, or did it? Was it just being remodeled or sold? Like, I didn't. I think remodeled. Remodeled. So he's out of a job for some indeterminate time. I guess. Daniel's got his college tuition. And he blows it on a bonsai shack. Mm-hmm. This is why I wish the movie had just jettisoned Jessica and gone with the soft comedy of them opening bonds. Because, like, this just... The thing, it's like, it's funny because, like, Miyagi goes over to the shack and he sees, like, he's got this three-month lease and he's already put all the money down. And this thing is a piece of shit. And it's in a bad area of town. And Ralph Macchio is doing this, like, high-pressure 
timeshare condo sales pitch to him about this whole business plan and you think that and then like mr miyagi just goes around and he's looking at the how flimsy everything is and how looking around at the holes in the roof and you think he's gonna come and and be like what the fuck daniel you were supposed to go to college what your mother trusted me to watch you what am i going to do what am i supposed to do Mm -hmm. here but Mm -hmm. instead he's like lloyd from dumb and dumber where he's turns around like daniel's son (laughs) Just when I think you can't get any dumber, you go and totally redeem yourself. And he's just on fucking board with even to the name. Yeah. What is the name of this place? Uh, Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees. That was literally the thing that LaRusso just blurted out. Mm -hmm. He had not thought of that at all. And Miyagi just goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I, I, okay. From my research, I also understand that this is not the first time Daniel has spent his college tuition to help Mr. Miyagi. Uh, Are you kidding me? In number two, I guess he spends his tuition on a plane ticket to go with him to Okinawa. To try to find his sweetheart? Uh-huh. Oh, man. And, and then, like, Mrs. I was reading LaRusso, something else. What are you it, doing? <laughs> you're letting your son be taken yeah. advantage of, okay? <laughs> yeah, this old man. Uh uh, really sticking it to the family. It, uh, so I don't understand how this happens because like he spends his money to buy the plane ticket to go to Okinawa. They do their thing in Japan and they come back. But like, I didn't think the stuff they were doing in Japan was a tournament. I didn't think he would win any money, but mm. suddenly he has college tuition again. So maybe look, I don't remember any of karate kid part two. So maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it was some kind of weird tournament or maybe he got a piece of the village that they saved and he sold it back to the villagers for college tuition. I don't know, but this seems to be the second time that he has used his college money to aid and abet Mr. Miyagi. Uh, yeah, I don't know what his 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 mother his mother's just taking her hand off off the wheel, I guess. Uh, oh, she not, doesn't care. Not paying not paying attention one bit. She's like, uh, hey, he's got strong roots. He'll grow fine. Yeah. No matter how much you twist and turn on his 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 branches, his roots are his roots are strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, they've got this uh, they got this demented scene where uh, uh, the the the, uh, the Green Ranger, what's his name? Uh, Terry Silva. Terry Silver calls his buddy Creason and says, uh, "Look, uh, I owe you for all the shit you did for me back in the army." I bought you 20 locations of Cobra Kai for you to open. Jesus. And he's like, oh, this is so awesome. It's so great, Terry. Oh, I can't. And his face falls and his shoulders slump and he kicks the ground. And he's like, but what about those two jerks? It's just like your wealthy friend mm-hmm. who you have a life bond with from the army just gave you 20 franchises, the opportunity to just just turnkey wealth. And you're uh-huh. obsessed with the 17-year-old and the 65-year-old mentor. It's Well, who's going to follow a man who lost the All-Valley Tournament? Who's going to d- sign up for the dojo? I mean, everybody left his dojo for that reason. How famous is Like, I feel like you'd have to get way into karate before you even kn- know what the hill or the valley tournament is. Yeah, for sure. So it's like you just get the suckers. You, you just 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 be a McDojo. Right. Do you think the do you think all the McDojos in the valley give a shit about the tournament? No, they're just making money selling kids belts. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
so uh, he announces his plan to spend the next few months focused on revenge. He tells all of his his evil butler and his evil maid to cancel all of his plans because he's going to teach Daniel Russo pain and fear and make his knuckles bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I like that, Johnny. I'm going to use that. <laughs> make his then- knuckles bleed. Then he's like, he's. You can see him. There's this mon- kind of like a mini montage of him assembling his plan, and uh, p- part of it, a key, a key, a, a cornerstone of it is going to be. Uh, did I? Did, I think I started off describing the plot of this for everyone, and I'm just recapping uh-huh. the movie. What the fuck? Should I just continue, or it, it, it's part one? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, just, so this guy, this this war vet, who's friends with Crease. Uh, Kreese goes to him and says these kids ruined my life and he says well I'm going to ruin theirs and it's a revenge story he's he's trying to weasel his way in get Daniel to compete in this tournament so they can kick his ass yes that's yeah. the whole movie that's the whole movie so we've, we've recapped it thank you for saving me from recapping the whole movie <laughs> now we can just discuss our favorite parts Yeah. Uh, which, which may well be us just recapping the movie I don't know whose favorite meal is poached salmon Uh, is it? It's just a wild who, who is thing. It? Just like the say. mayor or something? Was it like some businessman? I. It's just I like I, I. I don't know. Poached salmon. I've never had it. It sounds really gross. You know. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, what? It. Who? The, the the fact that that's someone's favorite meal that you'd have to cook for them, especially to to woo him over, so you can open up mm-hmm. a toxic dump in Borneo, uh, seems insane to me. But what are you going to do? Yeah. No accounting for taste. Um. So, again, I wish we had more of this, but uh, I like the fact that Miyagi and Daniel's idea of getting their stock for the bonsai is they're just going to go out on public land and poach bonsai trees. Yeah. Are you allowed to just go into California and you see a tree and you just dig it up? It's like side of the road. You're like, I, uh, I don't know about like public lands or like public parks or stuff. You probably uh-huh. shouldn't do that, even if you could get away with it. Uh-huh. I know there are uh, a lot of the times people have private land and they will allow bonsai enthusiasts to come to their land to dig up trees because why the fuck not? Is that a real thing? Uh huh. Yeah. One of the YouTubers I watch does it all the time up in Canada. So you think this is like a wild bonsai plantation? Well, it. So here's the biggest problem I have with this entire movie. It offends me at the bonsai level. Okay. Uh, Mr. Miyagi claims that the the what is it? The most beautiful, the like true bon. Oh right, no true bonsai. Uh, the true bonsai trees grow wild, and they're very rare. And he's only ever found one back in Okinawa, and he's taken it with him to America, and he planted it on this cliffside. Um, in the Devil's Cauldron. Now, bonsai is a word, and as we know, words have meanings. And bonsai essentially means tray planting. There is no possible way for a bonsai tree to actually grow wild. It cannot be done because it is not a bonsai tree at that point. Do you think Pat Morita tried to explain this to the writers? He's like, look, uh, I hope so. I know my way around this language, boys. I'm telling you. Wild bonsai is like saying, uh, I'm trying to think of like what, what's, what's the, what could you have that's like, I don't know. Like, it's like macaroni and cheese, but it doesn't have macaroni or cheese in it. It's just spaghetti. 
it's a plate of spaghetti and they call it macaroni and cheese yeah 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 uh, <laughs> sure just, it has it's, pasta it's, but it's not gonna work and he's just like can you imagine like him going out there and like saying these lines like <sighs> Daniels and he's like because also you know he doesn't talk like this he's he's doing an he's doing an imitation of how his uncle sounded his, yeah, his first he, generation he, immigrant he's just he's, he's going in there and he's just like <sighs> okay okay i'm gonna tell I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this with a straight face i'm gonna summon all my mis, my my old asian man mystique oh yes yeah, like, there's a part of him just dying yeah pat morita no, would have lived in 90 if if uh, he hadn't made this movie it just took that much out of him <laughs> yeah it's 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 wild you just you can't have a bonsai trigger in the wild but they so, make it a huge uh, part of this movie yeah, but it's it's also why so they're just they're getting free stock here, um, and uh, he tells them how much these uh, these these wild bonsais are worth. And then the other thing about this movie is he shows Daniel the family kata, because he's got like a secret family um, stock a, a kung fu or karate style, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the it's it's yeah he's 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 entrusting his deepest karate to Daniel in this movie. Um, but but honestly, but only for defense. That's the big theme of this movie. Yeah, that you can't use karate for defense. I read it's, Roger it's Ebert. It's the theme of every movie. I read Roger Ebert's review, and he makes this big thing about how that's not the case of this movie anymore. It's bloodthirsty, and I'm like, I don't understand. It's literally the same point. Like Daniel loses his mm-hmm. way a little bit, but that's also part of the movie. That like you know Miyagi makes this point of like you're like the bonsai tree that has been shaped and grown as strong roots, but ultimately you're going to have to decide how you want to grow now. Um, and the other thing is like Daniel agrees to fight this guy, but only because like, there's this, there's this thing at the, at the, the turn of the third act where um, the bad boy of karate is like, don't you get it? LaRusso, you can fight the one day or every day for the rest of your life until you join this fucking tourney. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at that point, you you can't run away like you could either literally run away just like pack up and move to new york or something i don't know mm-hmm. go back to philly but like you can't you, you can't have these guys just kicking your shit in and stealing <laughs> your bonsai trees and breaking your windows like come on mr miyagi yeah and, and i don't necessarily understand the resistance to defending your title like it's mr miyagi seems to think the competition is an inherently bad thing. Yeah, it's like an ego, a pride thing. Mm-hmm. And martial arts is only for defense. Yeah. And, and, and ever once in the movie did he say, well, I'm defending my title, which probably should have said. It well, is he defense. Did, he said he says it's, it's for defensive family and honor, not for plastic trophies. So it's like, mm-hmm. even if Daniel said, well, I'm defending my, he'd be like, well, it's not, you know, you, you don't use the sacred art to do that. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah, like it's it's just another way to practice, right? Like, as Mr. Miyagi saying, you should never practice against another opponent. Your martial arts. I guess so. I guess so. And and not there. There is not a single move that Mr. Miyagi teaches Daniel in this entire movie. Yeah. He teaches him this kata, but not a single martial arts move. I guess he's teaching him focus. Yeah. But, but like you can't taking, win with focus it, alone, right? Yeah, it's, you, like, it's like taking the Tai Chi classes for 10 weeks and then entering a tournament and kicking ass. Like, Oh, my God, he's so focused. Right. How can I beat him? He's so focused. Right. Look how precise Can he throw a punch? No, but he's focused. Is. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> like if you if you were trying out for the, I don't know the Chicago Cubs, but you didn't know how to swing a bat, but God damn, you were focused on that ball coming at you. Mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't make the team. There's a lot of um. I'm I'm in the middle of my second season of Mr. Feeney, where me and uh, my buddy Jay are are watching these old '80s action films, action TV series, and I've identified this thing in the like the the writing of the '80s where they just try to get from point A to point B as expediently as possible. So they're like, okay, we've always had a girl, a love influence, and Daniel Russo. Let's get let's get a girl in here. Uh, what's what's going to be the situation? Uh, you know. Uh, one of the sales pitch LaRusso will make is there's a pottery joint right across the street in this this blighted economic zone that I've opened up this bonsai shop in. And there's synergy there, Mr. Miyagi. Uh, we can give them trees. They can give us pots. You know, we can get a discount thing going. It's, it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he goes to meet the, the the proprietor. And canonically, she's a 16-year-old girl who broke up with her boyfriend in Columbus, Ohio, and ran off to L.A. where mm-hmm. she she single handedly runs a pottery shop and sleeps in the apartment above the store. Yeah, I don't know how any of this is supposed to work. The other thing that makes sense in the coked up writer's mind is we got the devil's cauldron. We'll just establish her as a rock climber because of a picture hanging on the wall. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, her and Daniel have a rope rig and they can just go and rescue us. Like everything is just the straightest line between two plot points and yeah. it's highly efficient, but it's ridiculous. What is a 16 year old runaway doing running this? How, how does she get this job? Who, who gave it to her? Is it I, legal? She, can you... it, it can't be legal. You can't sign a lease document. When you're 16, I don't think you can work 50 hours a week at a pottery place uh, alone. No, and 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 and, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a wild situation. It doesn't make any sense. I I was assuming. I I guess I was assuming that Daniel was a little bit older and that she was a little bit older, but clearly he is 17 in this movie. He's supposed to be. Yeah, he'll be going to college next year. Right. And she is definitely his age, so I don't know what's happening there. Um, and just as the movie sets them up on a date, where he's like, "Oh, I'll pick you up on a date," like, again, you can hear this guy just, just, just incessant honking. Yo, Jessica, hey, want to talk, Jessica? Hey, <laughs> apparently he's driven all the way from Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> right? Just to honk outside her store like an asshole and beg to take her back. Uh, yeah, and, and she doesn't mention that. Oh, he's in town. She says we were talking on the phone. Bullshit. I know. Unless yeah, unless he was staying in a hotel. I I don't know what's going on with that plot, man. It's bad. <laughs> he's honking when he comes out. What? I want to cross the street to this hotel. I'm gonna <laughs> call you. Okay. Uh huh. Jesus. Uh. So uh. Terry stalks Daniel and late at night he breaks into Miyagi's house and he goes through Miyagi's secret uh, chest of tragedy where he finds out about his his dead wife and child and his heroic involvement in the famed 442nd uh, battalion regiment. Um, the the all in essentially all second generation Japanese, um, which this is a real life thing. Uh, this is a this is this this unit had 10,000 men in it. Uh, had over 4,000 Purple Hearts, 4,000 Bronze Stars, 21 Congressional Medal of Honor recipients, 
Wow. Uh, it's like 70 some presidential medal of freedom award winner. It's like, it's literally the highest decorated U S uh, army unit in, in the, 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 the thing storied history. Um, hmm. But here's how he sees. He's like, this is, uh, he's trying to figure out who he needs to be to worm his way into Daniel's life. And, and, mm-hmm. and he's going to turn himself into the ultimate version of that. So, there's this great scene where he's picking out his wardrobe. He's like, no, I have to look poorer, poorer, you know, and then he goes mm-hmm. outside and he, he's got all these junk cars that his evil butler has got for him. And he's like, no, that's cute, but it won't work. And he finds this rusty old Ford. And he's like, yeah, that's the one. Because it's the only one that matches his ponytail, right? True. True. He's, he's not ditching that. No, I mean, he's got, yeah, he's got a finely tuned sense of style that he wants to to, 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 to go for. Oh, I also love the fact that Daniel comes in uh, and he has to hide up the chimney and Daniel decides to burn the karate tournament invitation because Miyagi wants him to. And they end up smoking him out of the chimney. That's a nice touch. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, there's so many random things this movie does. Like at one point, Mr. Miyagi brings in this bull like this gold bull and he's like oh it's for good luck and then daniel gestures to it when he's showing jessica around the shop and then it's never it's like mm-hmm. a fixture of the movie for five minutes and then they drop it they do that too with the uh pot that he has her embossed with the uh-huh. bonsai tree their logo yeah, yeah. and i'm like she she gives him that pot, and I just immediately assumed, okay, that pot's going to get broken in this next scene, which is the scene where Snake and Mike and all those guys come in and bully Daniel, but it doesn't, and the pot never shows back up. It's not like it's integral to the plot. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, again, it was just to get... The, the thing is, it's just to get Daniel and Jessica together, but they don't want to get Daniel and Jessica together. Right. So there's all these things where the movie's like tossing a ball to itself and then the movie's like, no, fuck you, hot potato, take it right back. And it's like there's this weird tension in the center of the movie where this ping pong goes back and forth, back and forth, but it ultimately doesn't score any points or do anything. Yeah, this would be the scene where they kiss in any other movie. Yeah. But they can't because it would be creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I it really bugged me because, like, again, I think you just go more into Miyagi and Daniel scenes or mm-hmm. I don't know. You have her be just like, uh, you know, I'm new to the city. I don't have any friends. I just want to really take it slow so they don't have to kiss. And then maybe at the end of the movie, they can hug or something like I, there's got to be a way that well, you got do a paradox, a right? Yeah. So, so you got this you got this script where you've got this relationship that they're supposed to develop a romantic relationship but the girl you cast is too young yeah and the guy you cast is too old yeah so all right we we need to we're going to jettison the romantic plot and we're going to focus more on mr miyagi well now we don't need to cast robin lively yeah so we could really have cast anyone let's go back to the drawing board keep the script we have and cast someone older the real solution here is not to cast robin lively not that she's bad she's she's actually probably one of the better people in this movie but But she shouldn't have been cast in the first place. They should have found someone more age appropriate for Ralph Macchio, who just looks as young as he does. So you don't think the chaste option is even like even even faking a chaste relationship between a 17 year a 17 year old and a 27 year old. No, I I like the idea of focusing more on Mr. Miyagi and and, uh, Daniel, but 
then but then you have to rewrite the script and if you don't have robin lively anyway then why are you rewriting the script what's i'm saying right rewrite the script just instead of having them make out just have it like you know her have a big scene about like hey i'm just you know i'm just getting over breakup i oh, professor really love, like you take it slow but I want to take it slow. I'm new to the city. Like, you know, and then at the end, at the end of the movie, when everything's resolved, they can hug, you know, as like, like that's the beginning of them, mm-hmm. you know, but like, I don't know. Is that, you does that solve 16, the problem? You say yeah. I had a 16 year old girl at the 27 who looks like he's 16. I don't right. fucking know. It's Hollywood, right? <laughs> I don't either. I just know you can't have him, him and her kiss. That's not, no, that's not no. a thing you can I th- do. I think cops would actually come onto the set and put <laughs> bracelets on him if that happens. Yeah. Um, god there's also an uncomfortable scene where i don't there okay um so the uh the creep terry um at at the at the big dance that ralph Mach the chase dance that they're going just as friends that's i guess that's the other thing i kind of like uh, an end of the 80s movie where they have uh two young people who have a meet cute but then it's like they don't have to fall in love they can just be platonic like that's not a terrible thing to put out there in front of young people Sure. Um, it's just it's just awkward and weird. Anyway, at the awkward and weird uh, friends only dance, uh, Terry picks out a guy who's just randomly sexually assaulting the women there, mm-hmm. and he pays them money to essentially go and be a, just a giant creep to Jessica. Yeah, I don't think the violence is the solution to every problem, but I don't. I, is, did Daniel overreact in that situation? Like this guy was literally putting his hands on her. I I don't think he overreacted. He just reacted too soon. There was like one step missing in this process, right? You're like, hey, creep, she's with me, and they're walking away, and then Daniel just turns around and blasts the guy in the face. I thought he put his hands on her though, like you know, like he grabbed her arm uh, and started dragging her away. Maybe, maybe I might have missed that. Maybe you're right because you're right. If he if if it went down where he's like she's with me and he's like says who and then Daniel just blasts him that yeah. And that's, that's kind of the point of the scene, crazy. right? Is this guy's teaching Daniel to be a monster, right? Uh, right. Which I think is is bound to backfire on him actually because if he does successfully teach Daniel to be a monster who can d- d- destroy people's bones with a punch, yeah, he's probably gonna lose the he's tournament re- again. He's gonna rehumiliate. Yeah, uh, Terry and and Cruz and yeah. I mean, I mean, he's teaching him bad Freeze. philosophy, but he's definitely teaching him to be a killer. Yeah, he could and, probably take Mike Barnes and twist him into a pretzel at the end of this movie. Yeah, can Mike Barnes punch through solid oak planks? I don't know. Like he's karate's bad boy. He cheats a lot, right? but is he actually tough? I don't. Yeah, so also, I think this plan, if it went off without a hitch, is bound to backfire on him. I I also love the way that Mike Barnes is billed on the karate tournament flyer. He is billed as karate's bad boy and he's screaming mm-hmm. at the camera and punching the camera. And I'm like, why are you inviting him to a children's tournament? Tournament inviting- terror, Mike Barnes. Why are you inviting the tournament terror, Mike Barnes, to mm-hmm. an amateur athletics exposit? And what is going on? The, the, the valley's corrupt, man. Mm-hmm. They're running the Kumite. In the in the fucking valley in L.A. Jesus. I mean, sometimes they literally are. If if a what is it? If a man can't see, he can't fight. I mean, that is literally <laughs> sure. the kumite. Sure. Yep. Can't breathe. Can't stand. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So Terry. Uh. So at this point, Terry knows enough that uh, he can he can he reveal himself to Daniel, and he stops by Miyagi's joint and says, "I am from the South Korean dojo." That teaches karate, sure. 
mm-hmm. uh, that that is the original version of Cobra Kai, and my master has sent me to America to apologize on behalf of the entire dojo for the behavior of his student, John Kreese. And Miyagi is like, okay, cool. And he reveals that John Kreese died of a broken heart. <laughs> yeah, Mi- Mi- Miyagi responds, it's fine. I humiliated him and caused him to lose all of his business. So there's no no harm, no foul. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, no, he doesn't, but he should. It's funny because like, I was like, kind of like holding my breath because I thought he was going to say he killed himself. Like you guys humiliated him so bad, he blew his brain. The whole the whole Vietnam vet deal, he blew his brains out or something. But no, he just died of an exploded heart. I mean, he's indirectly, he's implying that Daniel indirectly killed John Kreese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that he that, he hurt him so badly that his heart couldn't take it, and he died from it. But also, like, because Miyagi's kind of broadly played as skeptical for all this bullshit. But then he lays on the real thick. It's like, you know, he didn't used to be like this, but uh, war does something to the man. I don't know if you can understand. And Miyagi's having Karate Kid 1 flashbacks where he goes through his drunken rages. And he's like, ah, oh, yes, no, I, I I, do know. I do know. And now he's like, now even Miyagi's kind of like under his spell. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't yeah, really pay It's a off. fair plan at the beginning. I think, yeah. I think this, like, if you accept the premise that we want to get revenge for a amateur karate tournament... Then yeah. it's not a bad plan. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, if again a billionaire's taking time from his busy schedule to fuck with a teenager, and I don't know, maybe that's that feels like an Elon thing to do, right? <laughs> At this point, yeah, I can buy like, it. Like he's going to take six weeks off of running Twitter to find the guy who is tracking his private flights and uh, catfishing with a hot girlfriend and. Have him show yeah. up and pull his pants down in front of his mom and dad and give him a wet he willy. He can go and... buy Tinder, get yeah. on there, pose as like... <laughs> it's going to buy Tinder. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hire three <laughs> hot Russian supermodels. It's going to humiliate... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's Karate Kid <laughs> Part 5. I hire the... What? The, the bad girls of L.A. <laughs> <laughs> the bad girls of L.A. The bad bitches of L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- to Tinder terrors. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So the other thing, the other prong of his of his plan is uh, Daniel's entertaining Jessica with macaroni and cheese, or vice versa, at uh, Miyagi's Little Trees Emporium, and the snake and Mike show up and just demands like. You gotta sign. You gotta join the tournament. And Dan's like, "Nah, it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm giving that all up." And they start busting up the shop. And then, then, uh, Mike kicks kicks Jessica right in his her gut. <laughs> yeah, folds yeah, her they... in half with a front kick right to her gut. Jessica suffers a lot of harms in this movie, and this is perhaps the most severe. There's, there's another that is pretty egregious later, but. This one, I laughed out loud. Yeah, it's I like had it's, the, you can't do anything but laugh. Yeah, it's it's breathtaking. It's just, you just this whip this girl's ass, and then all three of them start tuning up Daniel pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And then Miyagi, like the 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 what they got like those uh, sliding doors, the sliding doors of the shop uh, uh, part, and Miyagi strides onto the battlefield and just kicks these kids in their ass and sends them on her, the, his way. Mm-hmm. And um, th- this is a tried and true. Karate Kid formula, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Daniel's yeah. in trouble. Mr. Miyagi steps in, shows his superior karate skills, but still won't help Daniel in whatever is troubling him. 
so these guys all pile, uh, they all swear revenge as they, they pile into their car and they take off. And what, for my money, is the worst sports car America has ever produced, the Fox body model of Ford Mustangs. These are just the, the ugliest, shittiest sports cars of all time. And I love the fact that Terry Crews hooked them up with it. Not Terry Crews. <laughs> Not Terry Crews. Terry Terry Silver. Uh-huh. Sorry, Terry Silver. It, I, man, is so. This is the the quintessential eighties Mustang. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I think I it that. late seventies, but yeah, it's it's goddamn. I hate those Mustangs so much. Sure. Um, they also steal. So like Miyagi's driving home and he's all happy and he's like, I can't believe you're so happy. And because uh, they stole all the, tre- the, the trees and Miyagi's like, or or the bus hopper shop is like, oh, I'm happy because I took the trees home so they're safe. And they get home and they've stolen all the trees. And there's also a great scene where LaRusso's explaining to Jess, goes, oh, I called the cops, man. I said, hey, they stole my little trees. And the cop's like, hey, wait, we'll get right on it, pal. And hey, why are we even paying taxes? I, it's, oh, God. And I it's said, so hey, good. we were having mac and cheese, and they busted in. And you know how much I like mac and cheese? And the cop said, no, sir, we don't. He oh, said, mac yeah, and cheese, I love mac yeah. and cheese. It's mac and cheese. How you not like a macaroni and cheese? <laughs> so, uh he then so then out of nowhere you see them on the cliff of the devil's cauldron and they're all in a rope climbing gear and jessica's trying to teach uh, talk him out of it oh but before we get to this scene i i have one thing that i gotta talk about that i learned that i thought was kind of kind of neat kind of cute and nice um ralph macchio so so this car that he gets in at the end of this uh scene where they realize the bonsai trees have been stolen from mr miyagi's house is the car that he's waxing on and waxing off in the first one. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Miyagi gives that to him. The The thing that I love about this is during the filming of this movie, Ralph Macchio was petitioning. He sent a letter to Columbia Pictures saying, can I please buy this car because I have a sentimental attachment to it? I never heard back from them the whole time during the filming of this movie. But, but after the movie was over, and I think on the day of its release... He was the, he showed up at his house and the car was just there. They gave it to him, which I think is pretty. That's pretty sweet. That's cool. Do you think he still yeah. has it? He does. He does still have it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You have. You can't get rid of that car. It's it's not as beautiful as it is in this movie. Um, yeah. He they, hasn't kept it, up it's with pretty it. faded and stuff. But like, mm. I don't know. Well, you know it's that karate, authentic. Those, that Karate Kid the back end doesn't last forever, right? And now we can talk about the most insane scene in the entire movie. Uh, yeah, they go, they go to their, their, I, Daniel, so Miyagi told him that the true bonsai, the wild bonsai, uh, mm-hmm. that grow naturally out of their trays in the forest, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, they're worth thousands of dollars. And Ralph has done some research. Turns out that, oh my uh, God. they're worth up to $10,000, which Ralph says, or I'm sorry, not Ralph, Daniel. Daniel says we'll set Mr. Miyagi up for life. <laughs> it's, it's 1989. Kids, It'll set him t- up for a few months. I'm here to sure. tell you that not even in 1989 can yeah. $10,000 set you up for life in any part of these United States, <laughs> let alone fucking L.A., okay? Uh, okay, so they've not only established that these trees are exceptionally valuable, mm-hmm. they've established that this tree in particular is exceptionally uh, sentimental, for Mr. Miyagi. It is the tree that he brought over from Okinawa, the only true bonsai he's ever seen in the wild in his 600 years on Earth. 
And it's also the representation of his family's dojo because it's the symbol that's on the back of uh, Daniel's gi. Right. So like this is this is the this is a fucking special tree. Mm-hmm. And, and Mr. Miyagi put it on this cliffside where no one could get to it specifically right. for that reason. Right. To honor it and keep it safe. And Jessica's the whole time's like, I don't know about this. And he's like, yeah, it's like uh, it's going to set him up for life. It's like money in the bank. She's like, oh, great. We're robbing a bank. Uh, so they immediately see the tree and it is almost comically beautiful. Oh, like yeah. it's lit just perfect by the sun. There's a <laughs> lizard climbing it. There's a butterfly that's <laughs> flying around it. That was those are nice touches. Nice touches. Yeah. It's got mist. It looks it looks like uh like you, you expect to see a mogwai kind of taking a nap under it. It's it's exquisite. Sure. Um they try they start rappelling down and somehow a rock, I don't know why they have to make this b- a bigger deal than it is cuz honestly this movie's like an hour 50. It could have been an hour 30 and it'd been fine. Uh they dis- they start a miniature rock slide and Ralph Macchio <laughs> he takes like a football sized boulder right to the face. Uh-huh. <laughs> These are all foam rubber. He takes like a basketball size one to his knee. That's that. You're done. You're done. Is it is it damaged knee from number one too? Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. the one. It's the one he got swept. And, mm-hmm. and so the the mountain sweeps his knee. The devil's called and sweeps his knee, and then hits him with a fucking <laughs> football sized boulder. Ralph takes it all. He just tanks it. Yeah. Uh. And uh, he's also they're getting they're like halfway down. He's like oh. Uh, and they're they're huffing and puffing. How are we going to get back up? And she's like, "Don't worry about it." And I'm like, "No, you should absolutely worry about it. Getting out of here is going to be worse than getting up." <laughs> right. Uh, and the entire time, Daniel's like, he's doing his he's doing his Daniel thing, where he's running yeah. out off at the mouth. He's just like constantly talking about, "Oh, the tree, you know, I'm going to sell it, and Mr. Yagi's going to love me, and I'm going to have a bonsai house, and." I'm, all he's this shit, the, and he's he's bebopping on the side of this cliff, and I'm like, yeah, dude, settle he's got, down. He's got the end of the rope in his hand; it's supposed to act as a uh, as a break, and he's just waving it around, and uh-huh. like, <laughs> and to the extent that it's a completely unforced error, he drops the after he gets the bonsai <laughs> dug up, he drops it into and the ocean. It's dashed on the rocks, and it's being pounded by the devil's cauldron surf because <laughs> right. the tide's the coming salt in. Salt water. Oh, yeah, fresh, Daniel, water, fresh tree, yeah. So they're flying down the mountains like, oh, oh, if the roots soak up the salt water, it's going to die. And he, <laughs> he has Jessica get the canteen out. She's bait. Like, Well, he almost knocks her off the mountain, too. Dude. Like, she falls. She's an experienced rock climber. His twitchy ass almost sends her to the depths. Yeah, they're, and the writers are like, oh, oh, the audience is going to know about salt water. That's lethal to plants. We got we to gotta, we gotta address that. But, like... You dropped this tree like 300 feet on the rocks. I think that's True. the problem here. here. Here's a hilarious thing to me is that you talked about how beautiful and serene this shot of the tree is. Right. The tree that they show in that shot is not the same tree that they are carrying around in these shots. Oh, no. It's the stunt This tree. is just like a, a this is the tree that they're carrying is a tree that was trained like that morning. It's all wired up. It's got wires on it. Does it really? Sake. Yeah, I, I know it does later when Miyagi's doing his tree surgeon routine, but no, here in this scene, and then when they break it apart, it's like that is not in any way the same tree. That's mm. like th- that's a tree you made this morning. The other tree is like a hundred year old tree. What are you going to do? Break it? The hundred thousand dollar tree? I mean, right, exactly. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> this is something they bought at Home Depot. Uh-huh. Literally. Uh huh. Literally. So they're it's so they they get it they wash off their roots they get it in the bag they go to the, they go to climb out and their ropes are going up the hill 
Mm-hmm. And guess what? It's Mike and Snake, and they're fucking with the kids again. And they're like, you got to sign that contract, Russo. You got to sign that. And I'm like, there ain't no contract more binding in this country, apparently, than the Valley mm-hmm. Karate Tournament sign-up. Like, you put your name on that, and it's your <laughs> they ass. Own you. Yep. The fucking triad will come after you if you don't show up, apparently. Mm-hmm. They're so fixated on like getting and like when they so they so LaRusso's pissed. He's like, fine, I'll fucking sign it. Pull us up. And they get to the top and they're like, give us the sign up. And the guy checks it. And and he's, it's like it's like in a Miami Vice scene where they, they're they dipping their pinky into the Coke and like you know, the guy looks at the mm-hmm. signatures like, oh, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Pure signature. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exact's good. It's good shit. <laughs> Signature's good shit, man. It's cool. Uh, and then he's like, "Look, if you think of backing out, uh, we're going to at least beat up your girlfriend here." With the implications of far, and I'm like, "Jesus Christ, this is a oh, PG yeah. kids movie, man." Uh, and then they go to steal Miyagi's tree and they split it in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know Bonsai's could take such a beating. To be honest, I thought any one of these things would have would have put the end to him. It's possible, I suppose. I've seen damaged trees repaired. If the root is strong, sure, sure, the root's got to be real strong. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's we a go- stupid idea anyway. It's fine. This is <laughs> like this tree, man. <laughs> it's just a, it's just an asinine idea from Daniel. Uh huh. Even if he digs this tree up and goes and sells it, Mr. Miyagi's going to be like, you fucking sold my the only tree? true bonsai tree I've ever seen to get yeah. me a shop. That's an idiot's move. Yeah. You're an yeah. idiot, Daniel. He's going to speak perfect English to the kid. You're a fucking moron. He's going to drop the the act. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so Daniel comes back to the shop, which, by the way, it's raining and is leaking like a sieve. Like, there is 17 different leaks just cascading the floor, and, and Miyagi's just got to... He's waxing on, waxing off as furiously as he can. Uh, karate master that he is with his mop. And they never actually set up a functional bonsai shop in this entire movie. Daniel spends his college tuition, but they never accomplish the goal. And, uh-huh. and we didn't talk about how shitty this place is. Like, right. they show up, and I called it a favela earlier because it is. It's legitimately... It's in the ghetto across the bad side of the railroad tracks, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it is literally a corrugated aluminum shack. And one of those where not even all the, the corrugated aluminum panels are lined up properly. Right. Like some of them are like hanging at a 45 degree angle and they're rusted. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the windows are, some of them are broken. All of them are broken by the time Mike and Snake get done with the place. Fair, yeah. Yeah, it started off a blighted urban uh, economic zone, and it just gets it just gets worse. Um, so he shows he's like, oh, and he's just just beating him. He's he's doing that thing where it's like I'm beating myself up so much, so you can't be mean to me. He's like, oh, I'm just an idiot. I'm a fool. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, the tree's dead. There's no way you can save it. And Miyagi's like, Jesus Christ, calm down. I'll fix. I'll fix the tree. Um, and then. And uh, the trench coat mafia shows up at 930 at night in the pouring rain to start delivering bonsai trees. Because guess what? Miyagi sold his truck to make more. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they just don't go steal more bonsai trees. Their original uh, stock yeah. days went out and stole a bunch of bonsai trees. Like, why are you paying good money for bonsai now? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then Daniel really feels like, oh, I didn't know you were fucking had a plan. Oh, I thought I had to sell your spirit tree. Oh. <laughs> uh, but now he thinks Miyagi's certainly going to train him. Like, they threaten mm-hmm. him, they threaten his girl, and Miyagi's like, oh, yeah, I can see why you'd want to fight in a tournament. And he's like, oh, cool, so you'll train me. And he's like, no, I cannot train you. Cannot besmirch my karate honor. Mm-hmm. But you know who can? Terry fucking Silver. Terry fucking Silver shows oh, yeah. up, sees Daniel jogging with his girlfriend, and says, oh, you're Mr. Mi-. And he does it real sly. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just giving you tip, but I'm sure your sensei can teach you all that. Oh, my sensei's not teaching me. Oh, really? I'll swing oh. by later and give you a book. Yeah. On on leg sweeps, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's a leg sweeping book. And he's just like, just like it's uh it's it's a textbook it's a textbook grooming exercise is, is what it's happening mm-hmm. you know um and I'm, I'm like i said i don't think we need to talk about all these scenes but he's got three rules that he lives by uh one if you can't if a man can't stand a man can't fight so you you legally sweep him in the knees uh number two if a man can't breathe a man can't fight so you illegally strike his 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 kidneys and liver and his lungs i guess hard Hard, hard, and then rule number three is a man can't see, a man can't fight, so you punch him in the nose, which is also an illegal strike to the head. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you score points in karate. You can't do any of these illegal moves. You can't. You lose points. Yeah, yeah, but then what can you? Because like, if you can't strike a person's leg, torso, or head, mm. well, you can't. So, so, so you can't do damage to their knees i guess okay yeah i know i'm being a little too literal but it's you know you can't punch them hard so all these rules get thrown out the window by the end like none of them actually matter daniel could do every single one of these moves murder a child on the mat and nobody would care and he'd win apparently yeah we'll get there at the in the the end of the tournament um so uh it's funny because like um, so mike attacks so so late so seal the deal mike shows up and tries to attack daniel this is this is a work shoot so terry jumps in easily defeats him beats him i'm actually surprised a bad boy karate can take this kind of public beating in stride yeah yeah like he's really small i mean this is for this is for 50 percent of a citywide chain of like 20 locations true he's he's got a sweet deal on the table true the bad boy of karate is is the good boy of business he knows where uh-huh. his bread is buttered i forgot about the whole negotiation scene oh my god the dude in the terry silver's in the bathtub yeah mike comes in with snake behind him getting out negotiated like, by a 19 year old karate bad boy yeah <laughs> you fight as hard as you negotiate harder yeah, yeah. And you can start to see a little bit of the maniacal slip through his mask. Like he's 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 started off as uh-huh. like as honorable as Miyagi, but now he grabs Mike by the hair and he calls him a a, a, a scumbag and he says if he you know he, he threatens him and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, so Miyagi goes home and he gives, or I'm sorry, Dana goes home and gives Miyagi one last chance. He's like, Mister Miyagi, uh, I don't I don't you don't want to train me? I, I don't want to be trained, but can you just show me one thing? Can you show me how to sweep? And I saw this coming a mile away. Miyagi's yeah. like, oh, yeah, Danielson, I'll show you how to sweep. Just uh, I'll get you a demonstration. Just just you wipe right here. <laughs> and I, I keep on wanting to do Miyagi. Is that racist? I don't know. I'm doing the. It's fun to talk like Mr. Miyagi. And it's it's not like, like I, I'm not saying that all Japanese Americans talk like this. I'm saying Mr. Miyagi. Right. As a, but I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to see what people think. Uh, but but yeah, he's he's very. Uh, he's got Would a, you do a short round? 
Because if not, I wouldn't do a Mr. Miyagi either. But see, the, okay. No, I wouldn't. But like, <laughs> okay, is well, that because Short Round's more of a stereotypical? And but the, but I don't know. No, not like, more. Just as he's pretty steer, but 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 Miyagi's got other things to him. Like he's the war hero. He's into classic mm-hmm. cars. Yeah, uh, he's just not all like tea and chopsticks and mysticism. I don't know. Sure, You're except right. for his mystical foot powders and his right. magical foot rubs. And... That's that uh, they do. They do go. They do take it weird places. Uh, yeah, I gotta. I, as, as much fun as it would as it would be to continue doing a Miyagi, I'm gonna I'm gonna rein that in. Okay. Uh but he, he comes out and he's like, hey, here's a broom. You just grab it at the top and the bottom when it's all in the wrist. And he just starts, you know, and it's funny. And Daniel's pissed. And he <laughs> he takes off in his very cute old man, he, Mr. Miyagi car. He does this right in front of Jessica, too, who Daniel is trying to impress because he still is hoping true, there's something there. True, true, Uh So uh, uh, Terry Silver teaches him about the three rules and the three D's of champions, desire, devotion, and discipline. Can't hold a candle to the three C's of badassery. Right. So some off-brand bullshit, uh, some store-bought three D's. Um, He's like, and I, I can't give you the first two, but I can give you the last if you receive it. And he's talking about discipline. And it's all, I don't know. There's, receive the D, Daniel. Receive the D. It is it is uncomfortably, like, they, like this works one-to-one as a metaphor for an adult abusing a child. Like, oh, it, it is, it, yeah. And every, yeah, it literally is. A plain is. reading of it is. It's, you're right. You're right. <laughs> You're right. It's kind of it, it, it's kind of gross that way. It feels like an mm-hmm. after school special. Here's here's the absolutely hilarious thing though. The guy who plays Terry Silver is actually a few months younger than Ralph Macchio. <laughs> yes, I read that too. He's like 26 and Ralph is 27. Uh-huh. And he's supposed to be this Vietnam uh-huh. war uh veteran who's like 20 years older than him, but he yeah. he's not. And the guy playing John Kreese could believably be that, but this guy there's no way. He's like 15 years too young. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so he they, gets, they needed somebody who was really good at karate, and this guy's fucking good, right? Like he is. He, he does just have some he form. moves like a karate champion. You can yeah. tell. Yeah. So uh, he's he, he he teaches Daniel to sweep the leg on the bag, but he's like, oh, you know what? This isn't the proper target, and he introduces a karate dummy that's made of lead pipe and two by fours. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he has Daniel bash his foot against it until it busts open. And he says, that's enough for today. Sends him home. Uh, Daniel won't tell Miyagi what he's up to, but Miyagi sees he's injured and he makes, uh, he, he brews up some of uh, Beverly Crusher's 24th century red. And he bathes, he bathes uh, Daniel's green, foot in it. Yeah. It's what? Oh, is it green? Shit. It's actually green, but yeah. I, I assume it's just like matcha powder or something. Ah, uh, gotcha. Uh, I don't know. Uh, wow, my TNG d- joke really fizzled. Fizzled like his powder hitting water. <laughs> uh, and this, uh, this, yeah, this, this foot powder just uh, heals up Daniel's Daniel's leg. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's this whole training. Uh, uh, there's, this, there's this whole training month. That's not a montage, but it's scenes of him teaching the three rules. And then every day he goes back, and he's a little bit more distant from Miyagi. And Miyagi doesn't understand why there's distance between them. And it's he's like, there's a scene where like uh, Miyagi's crying and I'm like, God damn, I can't believe you gave Pat Marita a Razzie for this. You assholes. Right. Fuck you guys. Um, so at the end of the process, Daniel's knuckles are bleeding, fulfilling the prophecy of the Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. And he's able to destroy with his bare hands this karate doll. 
and uh, he's he's ready for the tournament. Um, like we already talked about him kicking the ass of the bully at the dance. Terry's there to praise him about his killer instinct, and Daniel's all confused. He doesn't know he's 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 uh, Jessica's pissed at him. Miyagi's disappointed at him. Terry loves him. What's he gonna do? Oh, what I what I love about Jessica being pissed at him is he goes to her house and he's trying to apologize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I is that before or after he has a conversation with Mr. Miyagi where he realizes that he shouldn't have been such an asshole? Um, I think I think it's after because he's he tries to call up. No, he calls he he goes to her first because he's, he? Okay. he he confides to her about how worried he is about confronting Miyagi. Right, right. But right. in that scene, so he's wearing this red thriller-esque coat. <laughs> yeah. And and this is the scene right after the club scene where he punched the guy and sprayed blood everywhere. And mm-hmm. he's wearing this white sweater underneath it, which is t- just dotted with blood. Jot- dotted with the guy's nose blood from the scene before. And he's got his coat wide open. He should at least zip this thing up. If he's going to go apologize for busting open a guy's nose, don't have the blood dripping down your front side while you're doing it. Cover that shit up. Yeah, I'd say it's like for thematic purposes, the show that he's like, you know, he hasn't atoned yet and he's still got to, but like, this isn't They could have done that movie. and made him not look like an idiot too. He could have looked down and been like, oh, this, yeah. this is going to be a reminder and zipped yeah. up the coat. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. And like I said, this ain't that kind of movie either. It's not that deep. No, no. Um. So, but the thing is, is like, ultimately this doesn't matter because they've already established in the plot that she's leaving the next day. Mm-hmm. Like this dance was right before she goes back to Columbus, Ohio and goes back to her boyfriend of uh, that drove all the way cross country to honk his truck at her <laughs> and then drove back for, for how long? How long is she leaving for forever? I think so. She's just going back. Fuck it this pottery like... studio, by the way. Yeah, I'm leaving all my possessions. I'm just going with a suitcase. I don't know. It was weird. It's a crazy move. So she encourages, uh, they say they're going to miss each other, but she encourages him to go talk to Mr. Miyagi. And there's a scene of Daniel being furious with the hospital staff that at midnight, they will not reveal the patient's identity of who he broke his nose. So he can apologize. Like, Do you understand? I want to make this right. And he slams the phone down. And uh, Miyagi explains to him that he, even though he has fucked up and he's broken and he's done everything wrong, that just like the tree that was broken, that had a strong root, Daniel, with a strong root of karate, can regrow and be healthy again. Takes him out, shows him the healing bonsai tree. Uh, so Daniel realizes the, the error of his ways and he goes to talk to Terry Silver to break up with him, essentially, to say, thanks for all your training, but I'm pulling out of the tournament. And that's when Silver reveals the entire trap. Uh, Snake and Crease and Silver and the bad boy of karate all show up and they take turns beating him up. Uh, mm-hmm. And he laughs and he's like, I don't know. They're just taunting him. He's like, well, you know, Mr. Silver, you can't make me sign up to tournament. And he laughs like a maniac. He's like, you don't understand, LaRusso. I've been making you do things you don't want to do from the beginning. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is creepy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's when Miyagi shows up again, exact same way before he shows up in the background. He just starts wrecking shop and Crease mm-hmm. and Silver challenge him to a duel. They can't take him two on one. Nope. Uh, 
fucking Miyagi. And, and, and here, here's where it becomes a problem that Terry Silver is so good at karate. Because I find it very hard to believe that Pat Morita could beat him in a fight. And and Pat Morita doesn't. A person who looks like Pat Morita from <laughs> the back is the person uh-huh. who is beating Mr. Which Silver. Which is all fine and good until they start showing him from the sides of the front. And then yeah, you see yeah. that it's not he's, Pat he's, Morita. He's, he's very, but, but, you know, it's like one of those things like this, like this old guy who he's slow but powerful. And he's he's smooth <laughs> and elegant versus the fast and aggressive. And I, I, I felt like it kind of worked. It's got a low center of gravity. Got a low hard center to, of gravity. Hard to knock over. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but they, 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 they get, they get soundly beaten and they're walking out the shop saying it's, we're going to open up dojos all over this valley. It's going to be over for you, old man. And Miyaki's like, I just want to sell bonsai trees. What the fuck? <laughs> right. So he's like, Daniel son, I'm okay. God damn it. God damn it. I want to do the voice. He says, Daniel son. <laughs> In a completely unaccented, uninflected English, Danielson, I'm going to train you now because <laughs> these guys are assholes and they're, I finally see that they're not going to stop. Right. Now it's defense. This is now defending f- uh, uh, our, our, our life and honor. and honor. Yeah. 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 Uh, and there's a really awesome montage of like Cobra Kai being just unrepentant, unwashed asshole training. They're just like all just viciously beating each other. And Miyagi and Daniel on this high dune doing their intricate family katas and against like like this. I'm I'm not kidding. The cinematography, like when they show the Devil's Cauldron, them doing the katas above above that ridge. We didn't talk about it, but that's a great shot. Yeah, they get the helicopters out. There's this great scene where they're doing synchronized katas and the ocean like slams behind them and sends up this big wave of spray. It's yeah. The, the, the guy shooting behind the glass is 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 uh, earning his money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was during this I was thinking, is Mike Barnes supposed to be their Ivan Drago? Because this is very this is obviously very formulaic very much, stuff, right? Very much, yeah. And and they've got the the tightly crew cut, tall blonde killer, so much bigger, so much more right. aggressive versus the heart and then the root, <laughs> the heart and the root of Daniel. Oh, there's a scene there's where uh, Miyagi's like, Daniel, son, the r- Miyagi's root is strong inside you. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 come on. You can't do this, guys. <laughs> um, So, yeah, they they go. They get they uh, apparently Mr. Miyagi is. Well, he has to be a, a rock climber because he got the thing in the there in the first place. But they mm-hmm. return the tree to its sacred location where it's going to be protected and he explains now the tree must choose where to grow and how to grow just as you Danielson you have to make these decisions and he says the magic words he goes either way i have great faith in you and this really like puffs daniel up that miyagi believes in him and miyagi starts making for the surface and uh daniel stays in the devil's cauldron to offer a very special prayer to the tree uh right before the the tourney starts uh, <laughs> this uh, Cobra Kai turn of which I guess Cobra Kai is sponsoring the tournament because of some backdoor deal. Uh, it's just a parade of dirty hits and sketchy techniques. Like there's a 30 second oh montage of just fist slamming in the balls and like <laughs> elbows in the noses and just like all this dirty, these dirty plays and, and, and kids getting beat up. Uh, oh, cause that's, that's the other thing is they announce a special rule 
that the defending champ only has to fight the last match. That's a nice trick. That's a nice trick to simplify your third act. Oh, yeah. Uh, Terry opens the tournament with a commercial, like a three-minute commercial for Cobra Kai, where he completely misrepresents them, says they stand for honesty, compassion, and fair play. Dude, what are you going to do when all the parents arrive expecting you to be teaching honesty, compassion, and fair play, and you're breaking their children's limbs? Like, you you get, you Mm -hmm. got... Nuclear waste dump lawsuits are kids kids play compared to what you're going to get for these dojos, man. Yeah. The PTA descends upon you. Uh, What did you think of his plan to torture Daniel LaRusso in the tournament? Uh, Theoretically, it's sound, but I don't think you can get away with any of the stuff that Mike does in this tournament. I, th- I think you wouldn't just lose points. You'd be instantly disqualified. I'm not sure why that doesn't happen. In fact, uh, yeah, I mean he's... that face punch that he does uh, when when they're between uh, fights. I I don't know yeah. what between points. Yeah, he goes yeah. up and just punches him square across the face. Instant disqualification. Yeah, especially since he's already because like so he's like uh, score a point, lose a point, and make it last a full three minutes. And so he's like he 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 gives Daniel a brutal punch to like the gut, and it crumples him. And Daniel gets up, and then he punt he knees him in the balls, and the mm-hmm. ref takes away the point. So you're right, he he loses two points on back to back infractions, and then he punches him out of nowhere. Like he should be gone. And then he's punching him so he's like Superman punching him as hard as he can, right? Like punching through him, Mortal Kombat style. After the judge specifically at the beginning of this match was like, and I do mean light contact, Mister Barnes, singled him out, told yes. him, "I'm yes. watching your ass." And then he's crumpling his lungs in the in and the he's doing succeeding like scenes. Elaborate eleven hit combos when it's really uh-huh. first first <laughs> contact is scored, and like they're like break, break, and it's like there's give this guy. A mile of leeway. Yeah. And uh, he's like, uh, look, look, one more hit uh, and you're disqualified. And then then he says, now the real pain begins. And the rest of the match, Mike Barnes just beats the shit out of Daniel LaRusso. And there's no mm-hmm. point scored. He just and somehow the somehow <laughs> yeah. the, the time elapses and the score the still score a zero to zero. I think he's beating Daniel 100 to nothing at this point, but whatever. Mm hmm. And uh, LaRusso's on the mat and he's crying. He's rolled around because <laughs> his nuts and his guts are exploding. <laughs> <laughs> and, Miyagi, and he's like, Mom, Miyagi, I don't want to do this anymore, man. It's too much pain. It hurts. And Miyagi's like, look, Daniel, look, Daniel, you can lose to your opponent. There's no shame, but you mustn't lose to your fear. I know <laughs> the best karate is still inside you. It's time to let it out. Mm-hmm. And LaRusso busts out the family kata. And he dazzles him. He dazzles Mike Barnes. Yeah, he he does. He does Tai Chi and Matt Barnes runs into it and gets knocked out. And it's sudden death because the timer. So like mm-hmm. that one kind of mm-hmm. wins and that's the movie screeches to a halt. Boom. Yeah, credits. The as end. as soon as he's he's as soon as his ass is kicked, it's done. Yeah. 
It might even be mid kick. I'm not sure. <laughs> it might. There might not have been actual contact. We. Just it was see so abrupt. There was like 30 seconds of Hillary Swank. Like it's that's how. <laughs> that's how fast this movie wrapped up. It's like she's cry- she's in the back holding her the, hand. The next up. I'm Karate next. Kid was on, coming on stage. Like yeah, uh-huh. they had to get the get get this this uh, show off the road. Have you ever seen the next yeah. Karate Kid? No. Huh. Me either. Hmm. They. They get they get Miyagi back. They get Pat Morita back, but they they ditch uh, Ralph Macchio, who is over thirty by the time they get the next Karate Kid in favor of I think this is Hillary Swank's introductory role. Oh, her very first one. Wow. I okay. Think? Maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I I would like to. It's like this bizarre prequel to Million Dollar Baby. It, so this is a way worse ending than the first one, and the first one has a pretty bad ending. Like. There's a sweep the leg Johnny, and then he gets crane kicked in the face. Yeah. And, but and that that crane kick is we talked about it. it. It shouldn't have connected. The guy thrust his face that, like legitimately. He did smash his face into mm-hmm. Daniel's foot. Mm-hmm. So why? Which as we established, it's why it's legal, <laughs> right? <laughs> this movie is way worse because he literally just dazzles the villain with a kata just and it's a run of the mill it's not like anything impressive it's not like no it it looks like people at like a retirement center doing tai chi because that's what it is for ralph Ralph macchio he's doing it smoothly he's doing it efficiently and quickly but like Mm -hmm. it's not impressive really no and and the bad boy the tournament terror doesn't know what to do with this instead of running in and punching daniel in the middle of a kata breaking his nose open he just goes whoa what do i do what do i do he's looking around he's lost. it's a terrible ending it's a he's terrible lost. ending yeah 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 because it's like it's, the crane kick at least was something uh-huh you know you shift your feet you wait you shift you attack from a, a, a direction you take advantage of the person's uh 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 uh, uh what would what, what, aggression mm-hmm. their haste uh, you know they're trying to sweep your knee, so you you offer a target and you swat. It's like, but this is just like, yeah, he's just doing tai chi until the guy rushes in and he grabs him, flips his gi over and punches him in the gut. It's over. Yeah, like everything's over. I don't know. This is not a good movie, but it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. I laughed a lot, and that counts. Like, there's bad movies sure. where I've been bored to tears. This was not one of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I appreciate you uh, commissioning this year podcast, Becky. Happy birthday, Norm. I hope you appreciated your birthday present. Uh, that was really, really, really nice gift your wife got for you. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Karate Kid 3? Nope, I think I'm good. Thanks once again to Becky and Norm. Uh, if you're at this point in the podcast, you're like, gee whiz, how do I get Jim and Aaron to talk about my favorite movie or television show? It's real easy. Go to support.baldmove.com. Click on the link for commission to podcast. And uh, you, you, you plop down your money through the form and we'll take it from there. Uh, there's more information about the process and all that stuff. But again, uh, the important thing is go to support.baldmovie.com and check it out. We'll see you on a, another commission podcast real soon. But until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.